even when we shift our own expectations for what we want from our life, it might not mean shifting our families. Hi, guys. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode three. This is an episode that we are so excited to talk about because this is a really like this kind of episode is a large reason that we started this podcast. I know. Um, I'm actually kind of already shocked that we're recording our third episode. I know this sounds weird, but the first two, I felt like I had a lot of anxiety recording it and going into it. Um, but this one, I feel a little more comfortable behind the mic and like ready to go. Me too. I don't know what it is about this. I just think that now I feel more comfortable. I also think that obviously none of you are going to get to see this, but Prior to this, usually Ravisha and I try to be in like real podcast mode the second we get on our Zoom call and just like jump into it. But this time, we actually haven't been able to talk to each other a lot in the last week because she's had a lot of stuff going on with um, weddings, bachelorettes, and I had my brother-in-law's graduation. So we actually had to just do a quick catch up in like 10 minutes before this episode. And I think that actually for me cooled my nerves and it wasn't as much get on this call and go straight into it, but we had some catch up and I feel natural now. I know poor Divya was like I know it's record and I was like I know but like let's just talk about this real quick it's so funny even today like we talked on the phone earlier in the day and like that was the first time in a long time where we had a casual chit chat and like a quick like oh hey what's up um we haven't done that in so long and I like Divya said like I feel like already so much better because like we kind of just talked and like vented a little bit about some stuff and then now we're starting to record um usually yeah we like get on zoom hit record and just go right to it but I'm glad that we took a little time for ourselves before we started recording me too I'm curious if listeners see or like hear a difference and I'd be curious maybe you can I don't know comment on our Instagram or DM us or something because if people do hear a difference then we should definitely do this more I know why not we'll just carve out more time except it's so hard for us to like you know, get, like, start um, getting focused. Like, we had this problem in high school, too. When we used to go study together for things, we would just spend, like, majority of the time talking, even though we were with each other all day at school, but we would just be talking all day, and then, like, an we it'd be, like, an hour before the library's closing, and we're like, oh, no, we have so much to do, and we <laughs> haven't done anything. And then we would be up so late because there was no way we could do bad on an exam. That was just for us, not an option. And that, I guess, leads kind of into our episode about immigrant guilt and immigrant child struggles, because one of them is you're not doing bad on a test. Like there's a lot of guilt that comes up with doing bad. And we'll dive into that with the episode. But that was Ravisha and I holding both our worlds and wanting to socialize and just like, I guess, kind of like shoot the shit at the library, but also at the back of our mind. We're like, oh, crap, we have to do well at school. I know we couldn't come home with anything less than an A, right, Divya? Oh my gosh. Remember how my mom used to have my grade set at if I got lower than a 92% in a class, she would get alerts and then she would be like, why is your grade under a 92%? And it would be so stressful. Luckily, my parents weren't that into it. They just kind of expected me to be honest with them. Most of the time I was like, yeah, yeah, everything's going good until, you know, got the report card in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> then they were in for a treat. Um, what kind of well, coffee are you drinking today? Okay, well, this one I have the it's it's a Starbucks. It's not a homemade drink, but 
It was the grande um, brown sugar oat milk latte, which you know how you talked about in a few episodes, how that you got that one at Trader Joe's, that creamer. Mm -hmm. I finally got it, but I didn't find it at the one near me because like I said, it's always sold out. I got it at one by Raj's cousin. We had to go on Sunday and she lives in a suburb of New Jersey. And so I was like, let me see if it's here. I was passing a Trader Joe's and I got the last one. So that was a big win this week. But yeah, I did get my Starbucks drink. But the sad thing was the store was out of oat milk. So I had it with almond milk, which wasn't terrible. But, you know, it didn't have that same same jazz to it as usual. Okay, well, that's really funny because today I also did not have a homemade coffee and I had Starbucks um, because, you know, I was in a rush. And I got the same drink, the brown sugar shaken espresso. With almond or oat? Well, I got it with oat because they had the oat milk. Oh, okay. Well, look at us. Did you get a grande? I did get a grande. I got half the amount of pumps, but I also got light ice. Yes, I got half the amount of pumps. I got regular ice, though. I'm a big hater on a lot of ice and drinks. I know some people love it, but... Because then I drink my coffee pretty slow, so then it becomes watered down if it's, like, too too much ice. So I always got to tell them at Starbucks, light ice. Yeah, they do add a lot of ice otherwise. But, wow, look at us with the same drinks. We're on the same wavelength today, even without without trying. I guess that's just what some friendships do to you, right? That's just who we are. <laughs> <sighs> okay, well, I mean, now that our coffee is, caffeinated and we are ready to chat and go why don't we talk about what our episode topic is which is one that I mean it kind of leads into again the mission of our podcast which is to create some of these spaces that we wish we had growing up like oh my gosh I wish that there was a podcast that talked about immigrant immigrant oh my gosh I can't speak wait I'm, I'm saying it correctly right immigrant I don't know why I felt like I was saying immigrant incorrectly. I was saying immigrant guilt. And you know, with the two G's, it was feeling like I was saying immigrant wrong. And I, was I know like, that happens to me all the time, but don't worry. You're saying it right. I would have called you out on it. You know what? Yeah. Um, you know, when it's like those kind of things, I forgot what it's called, but you know, like the Peter Piper pick up, pop, pop, yeah. with all the, I just had a moment with that with the G's, but okay. That was alliteration. Weird, alliteration. G's got me, but yeah, why we wish that we had a space like this, that we could hear about it. Like when I was so, I was just feeling so much guilt for even getting things like a B in high school. I think I would have loved to have an episode like this to listen to. So I'm really happy that we're doing this episode because I think it's really illustrating kind of like the mission of this podcast. Yeah. Um, We, I think most people that have grown up in like South Asian families have felt, um, this term immigrant guilt a lot as you're growing up or even now um, just because it comes with a lot of pressure and what your family's expectations and needs are from you and I think you know there I will say like in the past couple years there's been like a big like South Asian like a lot more in pop culture about that like you have um, comedians like Hasan Minaj like and they're in his stand-up comedies talking about that and it's great and I love to see it and it's like a comedic relief but like I think we're kind of taking it on a little more serious note here about those expectations and pressures and like that sound outrageous as like that we had growing up and kind of how we like dealt with that over the years um especially because Divi and I probably aren't like the norm of the typical um 
you know, Indian kid that grows up um, in a South Asian household that, like, you know, we didn't become a doctor or engineer, which is, like, Mm -hmm. what is expected of us. And so we can kind of, like, delve in more into that about, like, how, like, our change in careers is different and, like, how we have to deal with that as well. Yeah, because I think we broke a lot of barriers also in what that is. And at least for me, that had me experience immigrant guilt a lot more um, powerfully, I guess, and working through it and navigating it. Because like you'd said, right, we were all expected or most of us in South Asian homes were expected to be doctors or engineers. And I think mostly just because that's all our parents knew could create like a good life. Like they didn't have... Mm -hmm the opportunity to be surrounded by so many other professions to be able to witness that those professions can also give you what they deem to be a good life. So I, I ultimately know that it was out of uh, good intent and it wasn't to be like, you know, pigeonholing us in any way. But at the same time, having those kind of expectations and us actively kind of knowing deep down that that's not what we wanted was something that we both worked through a lot of guilt with and that we've had hours of conversations about. So I think that, you know, bringing some of that to the space is going to be one very vulnerable. We started off being like, oh my gosh, I'm so comfortable and I'm so excited, but I'm feeling a little anxious now just talking about this. I just got a little stressed because I was like, oh no, this is like going to be a little hard for me to talk about. Not only because this um, topic has a lot to do with being vulnerable in itself but also because like I feel like I've only really come to terms with it like very recently about this immigrant guilt and it was like through conversation with Divya that we like discussed this and we both realized that you know we can't keep thinking about our family expectations and what they think it means to be successful and it's funny because again this is another thing that I talk about in therapy with my therapist Um, because like I said, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty recent for me to kind of like, kind of work through and like understand my own needs and expectations for myself versus my family's. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's hard because even when we shift our own expectations for what we want from our life, it might not mean shifting our families because we can't ultimately control what they're going to think. Like, even though we're both not a doctor engineer I mean I know a lot of them still have the same mindset of you should have been a doctor you should have been an engineer unfortunately you know that's not something we can change perhaps I believe with time like 10 years from now we might not be having that conversation because they will be able to witness that other careers were able to give us the lifestyle that they had hoped for us but I think this period of waiting almost for that to just blossom I kind of picture us right now like two flowers that are like slowly blooming and once we're bloomed they'll be like oh you two made it you guys are okay we don't need to worry about you anymore but this period in the middle is really tough um but I just thought about something that how would you describe immigrant guilt to be because I'm thinking that what if some of our listeners don't really like understand what immigrants are guilt is perhaps they're not children of immigrants like we are sure yeah I think I would describe immigrant guilt plainly as when your parents had to move here from another country and had to basically work their way up here in society because you know we all know like a lot of people have come here to chase the american dream from another country you know they had the struggles and stuff in their um, respective countries and then they come here to build a life for their family and uh, because they have to go through the hustle and bustle 
the expectation is for their kids um, it basically to be easier for them and they have all these opportunities for them to basically be you know the most kind of have the most successful career and um, especially in Indian culture a lot of people look at that as being an engineer or a doctor because um, kind of of the prestige that it comes with and um, I guess generations of success of having those careers and so immigrant guilt is when you are not following those maybe exact expectations your family has for you and maybe going about your career or any other things um, in a different way. Yeah, totally. And I think I've seen immigrant guilds come up a lot, definitely with careers with our generation, but also with um, who we choose to be partners. Because a lot of us grew up with, you need to find also a South Asian husband, um, typically favorably of the same religion and and you know when you have those kind of expectations that they had growing up right but they grew up in India so it's basically like you can't have the same expectations rooted in a different environment it just doesn't work out like that Mm -hmm. so then navigating with that too which are things that we don't talk about and I really like how you did bring up yeah societally and like pop culture now we talk about it more with comedians and I like that we're doing it from a different angle here but only now I've started kind of feeling seen with my immigrant guilt. I feel like you and I talked about it growing up, but never in a way of really understanding. And sure, some of it probably comes with age, but understanding it to be immigrant guilt. Yeah, I think there's a lot of layers with this. So I think we're only going to really touch the surface here today. But yeah, there's just so many different aspects of what that immigrant looks like and in different ways. And we've had our own experiences and I'm sure our listeners have had their own as well. So we would love to hear, you know, our listener side as well, but we can go in a little bit today about what we felt and how we kind of dealt with it and where we're at with dealing with it today, because unfortunately the immigrant guilt never goes away. (laughs) It's a journey. It's a journey. Some days it's stronger than others, but you know, yeah, I love that you say it that way because it's not like we're reaching some destination and we're, like, oh my gosh, we're guilt-free. It's it's this continuous process. Yeah. Um, why don't you talk about a little bit, you know, you're like the firstborn child. I'm a secondborn. So my experience is a little different than like what my older sister had. And since you are the older sister, why don't you just share a little bit about how that was growing up and kind of about like that immigrant guilt that you dealt with? Yeah. So a little bit about my background is that I I came here at a very, very young age. I wouldn't say that I really remember any of my life in India. I was born in India, but I came here around like eight months old. But there was this one picture that always reminds me of of like where my family was, where my parents were when I started when we started off in America, because I came from India in <clears throat> excuse me, in January, I believe. And that was like the dead of winter in Minnesota. And when I was picked up at the airport, because my dad had come earlier for work, I was in wrapped literally in a comforter. Like they didn't, they didn't own a jacket and it was cold. So obviously you can't just carry a, a newborn out in the winter um, with a, without a jacket, but they wrapped me up in a comforter. And so there's a picture of me like the day I landed in America and it's just my little head coming out of this wrapped up comforter. And so in those kind of moments, I feel, I do feel that guilt, right? Because I think about um, 
whenever I have a family and that they're not going to be wrapped in a comforter, right? I'm sure my parents will buy them a nice jacket or something. Um, but it's just with this oldest expectation is even with talking about what I just said with having a kid, there's a lot of expectations of um, having this good career and setting kind of the ground of what the generations to come. I am, like Arisha said, an older sibling, but out of a lot of my cousins, I'm the oldest as well. And so, you know, I was the first one to go really to college. And so navigating that application process was really confusing and stressful. And it was like, you have to go to the best schools and you have to be pre-med and I wasn't pre-med. And so there was this whole thing with that, but it's really this kind of expectation that you're going to just hold, hold, kind of hold the ground and hold the fort for the generations to come. And that you one have to set a good example and this guilt that I should set a good example, right? Like my family immigrated here. Um, they didn't have really anything coming here. They were in a new environment, a, a new culture, a new, uh, a new language, all of this that I have for so long as the oldest sibling and the oldest cousin was like, I feel like it's the least that I should be doing is like following this dream of what they want. They want me to go to college get a good education, you know, lead the younger cousins, my younger siblings along um, and, you know, get married, have a family, do, do all of that. And, and kind of what they moved here for essentially. And so it did feel like this story that was continually being put in my head of this is like how you should live. And I don't think it wasn't really until I went to college that I realized a lot of that wasn't what I wanted. And I mean, I know we're going to talk more about that as we come, but definitely having the pressure of the eyes looking at me. And I think that's why, you know, things like my mom setting, you know, my grade went under 92% being on my back about it is that in America, she didn't know like, oh, that's actually fine. If you get a B, like she will still get into college, right? Like in their head, they didn't have any kind of person that they could reflect on and be like, they got to be, and they still got into a good school for them. It was all like black or white. Like you have to be perfect because you need to live up to this expectation. And they didn't have, a previous child to look at to be like okay maybe they didn't uphold this expectation versus my brother they were like so much more chill on he definitely is so high achieving and has his own you know i'm not saying that he doesn't have his own stuff he's very high achieving and amazing but they were a little more lenient like oh you can stay out past 10 p.m <laughs> you can get a b on something you know and they knew that he would be okay so definitely breaking those barriers for me was hard at first and for you i know you're a middle child so Risha has one older sister one younger sister what was your experience? Like, do you notice that Ashu, who's her older sister, did she kind of experience something similar to me? And did that help her? How did you fit into that picture? Yeah. Well, with my older sister, I definitely felt like my parents were really hard on her growing up in terms of getting good grades and like being like a model child for her sisters. And when I think back on it, I do feel bad because I can't imagine having that pressure. To be honest, I felt felt like I put that pressure on myself versus my parents just because I knew what their expectations were like going into everything but yeah she definitely had the same experience as you Divya and I think she definitely had to really carve out a path for my sis my younger sister and I because you know even though I I did feel like I had expectations um put on me my sister had it worse and and I was really always really good at like kind of listening to my parents and doing whatever they wanted to say until, you know, that changed. And I think it's very hard when, you know, 
you know that there's certain expectations on you and the moment you realize that you can't fulfill them the way that your parents maybe wanted you to that's when it gets very difficult to understand like what you want and what mm-hmm. you want like what the future looks like for yourself and I'm not yeah. saying um my parents expectations were bad or you know I didn't agree with them I understand why they were placed because you know, again, this goes back to like core values and like what you're taught being raised. And ultimately they just want you to have a good life. So that's why, but it's just like the way they kind of communicate those expectations is what kind of comes in the way of like your growth as an individual, I would say. Totally. And I think that even with us being in the United States, because I hear a lot when I hear the issue of immigrant guilt and immigrant expectations brought up that there can be a lot of blame that's placed on the parents. And, you know, I think that we can have both, right? Like we can hold two truths of one being that like, maybe we would desire that our parents would have maybe had a little bit more, um, a different expectation of us or given more choice, but also understand and have compassion as to why they did it. Because I think about like, with us and so many other of our peers and other uh, first and second generation immigrants, we're all kind of breaking generational cycles too, because I think that they also put those expectations on us as well, because that's what they were given. Like they didn't have any other choice too. And I think as part of us living in America and growing up in these environments has kind of given us some privilege to be able to be like, no, I don't want to do this or have more of a choice, which I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel guilty for that too, that, you know, I could be like, no, I don't want to do this, or I don't agree with that. Because for them growing up, that wasn't an option. I've so often heard from my parents and my aunts and uncles being like, you kids can disagree with us here. In India, we could not disagree. We just had to sit quiet and do what people were told. So even for us to pave our own paths, I feel guilt for sometimes because they didn't even have that privilege. Oh, yeah. And, um, So there's a great writer and also my roommate, Shivani Shah, and she has a substack called Stories by Shiv. And she recently wrote a piece called Guilt and Gratitude. And I would highly recommend checking out that post because I think everything that Divya and I are talking about right now, she highlights very nicely in that post. But like Divya is saying, we have that guilt feeling when we know what our parents and even their parents had to go through to kind of keep working hard so the next generation doesn't have to like work as hard you know to get out of like what whatever situation they're in and you know when you take a step back and realize like wow my family did this much for me to be here that can really put you down and make you feel that guilt and what Divya is saying is totally right. Like we sometimes like, you know, maybe if you had have grandparents still around and you ask them about something about their childhood or how like your parents had to grow up and it's just so different from what you had. Mm-hmm. It makes you really think that that guilt and that feeling of, wow, like, am I letting my parents down by doing something I want or should I be enjoying my life this much at this age when they couldn't, you know, like I, both of my parents at my age, like they had to work so hard and had kids and like were providing for their family. And like, 
I'm complaining right now about having too many bachelor parties to go to, you know, like that's where my guilt is coming from. So it's really crazy because like that was like 20 years ago and, you know, 20 years is like a big time and you really, it makes, it really makes you think. Yeah. Because it's just, our lives were so different. Right. And they didn't have any ability to really be like, no, this isn't what I want. And they just did like what they were told. And for us to be able to have privileges of, you know, sometimes when I when I work over 40 hours, I'm like, oh, this is so annoying. I have to be at work late. And I remember that my dad to come to America, he always tells us this story that so in his company, um, they only chose like three or four people in the company to be come to come to America. And he really wanted, even before, you know, he was in India, a lot of our parents had arranged marriages. So my parents had an arranged marriage, but before he even was married and found my mom, like was given my mom, like as his arranged bride. But um, before he had that, before he had me or my brother, he didn't even know we were going to be existing. But that whole time he wanted to move to America because he wanted to give his family that, like he wanted to raise a family in America. So he, t- he told me that everyone that was chosen were like executives that were he was only, he says, like, the common man, which is so funny. He phrases it that way. But he was just, like, a common employee that was chosen. But I guess it's because he would literally bring a sleeping bag and he would sleep on the floor of his office and, like, work really late, fall asleep, and wake up early. And so these people, I guess, were like, we have to send this guy to America. He's trying so hard. But, you know, when I think about that, I feel so much guilt because, you know, for me, it's kind of things like, oh, I had to work late. I had to miss my dinner plans you know, when at that age, they were thinking so differently. But you know, I, I've actually expressed that to my dad. And, and I had like kind of an emotional conversation with him about it one time of just like he's done so much for us. But he phrased it in a way of he would all he would do it again. And like, he's so happy to see the way that we're living and the freedom we have and how we're using our opportunities so that we, he would do it again, just knowing that it was able to provide my brother and I what it has. And I mean, like, my gosh, even I'm feeling kind of emotional, but you know, it's just like so beautiful that they did that for us. But it's, it's even with that, right? We can hold that in so much um, appreciation that our families did that, but also kind of at the end of the day, have our own feelings and guilt with it. And, you know, I think it can be hard having difficult emotions about things that we feel like we should feel grateful for. I know. And I totally get why you're emotional right now too, because it's when you look back at what they went through and what you have today, it's because of your parents. It's because of what they had to go through to get us here. And, you know, uh, I def- I have a similar story. You know, my parents did have an arranged marriage. And they came here um, after they got married. And my dad, like, supported my mom and pushed her to get her master's here. And while she was in school, she had kids. And after finishing school, she started working right away. And... I tell my mom this a lot and it's also a recent conversation that I had but I tell her that she did like both of my parents did everything that they could with the resources they had to raise us and that they should be so proud of themselves because I just can't imagine being in my late 20s at that time like you know struggling to to provide for your family but then also raising your kids you know and Luckily, some of us did have grandparents come in and help with that and all that. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, your parents who really 
had to put in all this like effort to bring you where you're at today. And and then this is what we're saying, you know, like we t- kind of told two parts of the story, like the part where we feel the guilt and the part where the expectations put on us almost felt like impossible, right? Because you see why those ex- expectations were put on us. They were put on us so our parents knew that the hard work that they did raising us would benefit in the long run. And it did. Like, we're here today. We're, it's after work and we're recording our podcast. And how cool is that? You know, like, that's what's, I I hope my, our parents can be like, wow, that's, you know, that's neat. That something that they can be proud of as well. Yeah. And I think just that the opportunities we're taking, they're definitely proud of us, right? And it's like both of what we're doing with our lives is not what our families had initially expected for us. But at the end of the day, like they still show this, this pride and they're happy that we are taking the opportunities. And I think with the expectation too, it goes two ways. Like it's some of it is like, I guess, like the families put it on us, right? But then some of it is also self-inflicted. Like I feel with myself and what we're talking about here, right? Of like our parents did X and we are doing this at a certain age, right? And it's like so such a big discrepancy, but those, and that is like, that is what to me sometimes leads me with that guilt too. Like they're not telling me that, but just the knowledge of it is, is so big that it's 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 I don't know I can't even find words to it because I'm feeling just a lot of emotion talking about it because one it's not something we talk about enough a two it's so complex like you yeah. can feel emotional feel grateful but then also the guilt and the sadness and the and and just like the confusion of it is so real too that it's just a big bundle of emotions that unpacking it is really hard which I think even for me right now, even though we write show notes, me and Ravisha prepare for these episodes, right? And like, I'm still at this place of mentally feeling a lot and emotionally feeling a lot. You know, imagine if you haven't done this kind of self-work like we have, like me and Ravisha are both in therapy. We talk a lot about this with each other. So maybe if there are other people who are feeling kind of similar to how I was just feeling, what are some things that we've done and we can do for other, or like what's been helpful for us? I think talking to my parents has been like probably the most helpful thing for me. Um, Like I said, like I'm hearing more about my parents' stories, like as they were growing up and, you know, that's something that some, my, both my parents kind of struggled to talk about a little bit just because they did have um, some kind of traumatic childhood. And, you know, I am really just listening to them, but then I'm also communicating to them how grateful I am for what, everything that they have done for me and I always like to tell them that it's you guys did a good job like you know you have three kids who are happy and doing the best that they can like I'm constantly telling them that they did a good job because I'm so surprised you know like from what they had to deal with and I think that if you can like communicating with your loved ones and your family members helps you kind of talk through this immigrant guilt Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely learning more about their experiences. I think it'd be healing, one, for them to talk about it, even if they don't realize that it's healing and therapeutic because they probably have not really had anyone be curious with them about it, but also for us to know more. Because for me, honestly, I think I've had more compassion for both my mom and my dad once I learn about some of their situations and their upbringings. Um, 
even the older that I get, you know, like talking with them about things and seeing as we hit similar life stages as they are, mm-hmm. being able to be like, wow, I'm at that life stage. Like, how did you navigate it? And what was that like for you? And that can be, I think, healing on both ends because we're able to understand them more. And look, we might not always agree with what they did and why they did, but I, I, yeah. I kind of imagine that a lot of the decisions they were making at that time, they were making it on survival mode too. Like mm-hmm. they were just trying to survive in this new country. And honestly, with a spouse that they didn't know that well, both our parents had arranged marriages. So you're kind of moving here with someone you really don't know super well. You're having kids with them. You're uprooting your life and you're just trying to figure it out. So how could you not be on survival mode? So one, I think them talking about it is healing. And two, for us to be able to, to be able to sit there with them when we're having the privilege of not living on survival mode with holding that space for them. Yeah. And if you don't have or you're not comfortable yet to talk to your parents about that you know getting a therapist is always something like Divi and I both encourage um I know it's really hard to find one and I know that sometimes like the resources to find one is not as easy and like we're here to help you with that too you know if you want to DM us and like say I need help to find a therapist or you know I actually just want to talk to you directly about something I mean Divya is a licensed therapist and she can help you out but I also don't give that bad of advice and I think I'm just putting that out there and letting you guys know that because I don't want you to feel like a burden to have this guilt you know I know how I know how exhausting that can feel and how it can weigh you down and that's why we're kind of just like openly talking about this. And like we said, there's so many layers to it. And we kind of gave like a little bit of background on that, but we're more than happy to talk about this a little bit more as well. But, you know, it's I think it's really hard to listen to and then talk about as well. So if you're here and listening, like we appreciate that as well. Yeah, like it's healing in itself and doing the self-work just by, by listening. And I really appreciate Ravisha bringing up the, the idea too of the therapist because I think a lot of us especially in the South Asian community we're very resistant to therapy in the way that we're like will they understand our experiences and I think Ravisha and I have two different experiences because Ravisha does have a South Asian therapist and I don't have a South Asian therapist um and I was really worried that I my my therapist wouldn't understand my experiences but you know she does I would definitely recommend seeing a culturally competent therapist, ask them what kind of like multicultural training they've done, continuing education. And, you know, if they've worked with other children of immigrants, my therapist has worked with a lot of children of immigrants. And so that's one of my draws to her. But, you know, it also isn't impossible to find a South Asian therapist because Ravisha has a South Asian therapist too. So, I mean, from both ends, we're saying that it can be helpful and it can be healing whether or not you do have a South Asian therapist. Yeah, that's great that you even mentioned that. And yeah, I, I chose specifically to get a South Asian therapist only because of honestly the immigrant upbringing and how it's kind of shaped me. And I knew going into therapy, that's something I did want to focus on and work on. And so that's why that was like one of my, um, like specific criteria, things that I wanted to have met. And like I, like Divya said, um, there's many ways to kind of filter that out, like, you know, um, having, talking to that different therapist about their experience as well. 
Yeah, and seeing what they can offer. Because, I mean, therapists can offer... I mean, and some therapists just aren't a fit. Like, I want to normalize that also, that to definitely have consultations with people, try a few therapists, see who fits the most, because you want to be able to work through some of these tough emotions, especially as children of immigrants. Immigrant guilt is such a big part of our life. I don't think there's a single day that's gone by that I haven't felt this immigrant guilt. It comes up in some kind of sense every single day. So definitely having a therapist can be helpful in processing um, some of those those emotions and also having you understand, I guess, like what are some values you want to hold? That's been a really powerful thing for me to do in therapy too. And honestly, in my marriage as well. And that's been healing to be thinking about like, what are our values and how can we be able to incorporate these cultural values into our adult life? Because I think that sometimes we can look at this issue in such black and white when we experience negative emotions or uncomfortable emotions about something, we usually totally try to abandon it. Mm -hmm. But just because we're experiencing some uncomfortable emotions that are related to being children of immigrants and culture doesn't necessarily mean that we need to abandon everything about being a children of a child, sorry, child of an immigrant or culture. And so there are still values that we both want to incorporate. So I think being able to dive into that, has that been an experience you've had, like understanding your values and connecting with that? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think I mentioned core values like all the time on here. And mm-hmm. it's, it's because of therapy that um, I did some self-reflecting on those values and like how, and how I was like raised with those values and how I carry with them with me today. Um, and yeah, that's, I think that's why we're even like talking about this, um, topic and like, kind of like touching on the surface level of it today, because we do want to kind of just like get that out there and know that you're not alone with how you're feeling with the way that maybe you've, you've been raised and like dealing with those family expectations and all that comes with being a child of immigrants. Um, it's not easy. And like, we know that there's a lot of work that goes Totally. You work through it. Yeah. Because I think on the ops, the flip side of guilt can also be some of this values work, right? Like letting this guilt navigate us toward our values and to having us determine what is important to us and having us behave according to that. So instead of running away from our guilt, I think therapy can be a really good place to one, be able to sit with your guilt and also be able to use it as a motivator in a healthy way. And also having friendships where you feel comfortable talking about this. Like I think before I even had a therapist, I had Ravisha. And even when we weren't having conversations explicitly about using the term immigrant guilt, I mean, even since sixth grade, we talk about these expectations and how it made us feel. And just sharing that bond together, I think is helpful. So if you have a safe space and just a reminder, always make sure your space feels safe. I mean, you can talk to someone, but you want to make sure you feel safe for them. So whether it looks like family, a friend, a therapist, whatever that looks like for you. Yeah. It's funny because, yeah, we were each other's therapists before we had one. Um, <laughs> talking about, like, um, with other friends, I feel like always helps because um, you talk about similar experiences and stuff. And I think that's one of the reasons why Divi and I became such close friends so fast for her because she didn't have many Indian friends before me. <laughs> and so I crashed her world. <laughs> she did. She crashed it all for the better. <laughs> Well, um, we're so glad that you have made it through this whole episode. Um, like, like I said, we just kind of touched based on this topic. And if there's more you want to hear from us about this or anything else, please feel free to let us know. 
Yeah. I mean, we're definitely going to be diving deeper into this. Like Ravisha had said, we just scratched the surface because being children of immigrants have shaped our entire identity. And so any topic we talk about in this podcast space is always going to come from the lens of being a child of an immigrant. So in this case, we just kind of talked about the service level of guilt and expectations, but there's going to be a lot more to come. Yeah. Um, again, feel free to check out our Instagram at Conversations Brewing Podcast. And like I said, I mentioned my friend who has um, a Substack Stories by Shiv. Um, I would definitely check that out. She has a lot more great informational pieces about um, the immigrant lifestyle and all that. And so I think you guys would really enjoy it. Yeah, she's great. We'll link her in the show notes so that you can all make sure you see her, her work. And she's at, at Stories by Shiv on Instagram. She's Yeah, maybe we'll have her on here soon as well. Yeah, I think so. I did tell her. She commented on our Instagram post today, and I did tell her I can't wait to have you on. So I Amazing. think we will, we will be having her on. <laughs> okay, well, thanks for listening, guys. All right, see you next week. See ya.